This is The Guardian. Today, why are women in Britain having to travel hundreds of miles for an abortion? It was horrible. It was horrible. It was hard. It was, it was sort of a very, very hard choice. I've been speaking to a woman who we're calling Nicola. She's in her 30s and she lives in the northwest with her two children. Nicola's been in an abusive relationship and so towards the end of last year, when she found out she was pregnant, she decided to have a termination. I was very, very shocked. Obviously, it wasn't expected um, at all. Um, and obviously, with personal circumstances at the moment, it just was not the uh, right time. Abortion is one of the most common medical procedures in the UK. One in three women will go through it by the time they're 45. The number of abortions being carried out has been climbing every year for the past six years and is now higher than it's ever been before. Doctors have told us that that rise is due, at least in part, to the financial pressures on people at the moment and because contraceptive services are under strain. I think it's the cost of living crisis, the economic situation and the ability to access good quality contraception. Uh, you know, our colleagues in primary care and sexual health services are absolutely inundated as well. And I think, you know, we're just one reflection of how the entire NHS is under extreme uh, pressure at the moment. During the pandemic, the government changed the law so that women who were less than 10 weeks pregnant could be sent pills through the post. That scheme is still going and it's improved women's access to abortion. But for women at a later stage in their pregnancy, the situations become more difficult. Those who need surgical abortions are having to wait longer, which increases the risk of complications. And in some cases, they're having to travel hundreds of miles to terminate their pregnancies. The legal limit for abortion in the UK is 24 weeks. Nicola was 19 weeks pregnant and contacted a clinic to try and get a surgical abortion. Nicola was told there was nowhere nearby that could help her. I think if I wasn't sat down, I think I probably would have, would, I'd, I'd, I'd literally just collapsed in absolute tears. They did reassure me that I could go to a local clinic, but they did uh, an iron test and I was just sort of borderline on the iron levels. So unfortunately I had to be referred to a hospital, which is obviously miles away. The one that was closest to me, they, I'm, I, I think, didn't have any space for me. Um, the one that was two hours away from me were unable to see me um, due to how far along I was. Um, so I ended up being pretty much about three hours away. I was booked for, for the one three hours away from me. You were referred to Homerton Hospital in London. And how long did they say it would take before you'd get an appointment there? They told me because of the length of, of how far along I was, it would be quite quickly. But 
from generally from what I could gather. And I know it does take roughly about up to two weeks. Gosh, right, okay. So thinking of waiting for another two weeks. Yeah, I was literally on the phone to him in tears, um, just not knowing what I was supposed to do, think, say. And they are half children at home, so a big factor was obviously, you know, childcare and everything's been kept so personal, so no one knows around it. So it was it was trying to arrange everything at short notice with everything then going on as well. How did you feel about making that journey? It was it was awful. Um I, I cried all the way. <laughs> Yeah, I I cried all the way home on the train. From The Guardian, I'm Hannah Moore. Today in Focus, the crisis in Britain's abortion services. The hospital Nicola was referred to is Homerton in East London. I wanted to understand the kind of pressure that staff in their abortion care team are under at the moment. So I went along to visit the ward. Hi, I'm Tracy Masters. I'm a consultant here at the Homerton and I'm the lead for the abortion service. We are in one of the little consultation rooms and um, this is where we'd first of all sort of chat to somebody and do the initial discussion. There are only five NHS trusts in the UK where women who have complications around their pregnancies or need late-term terminations can go for a surgical abortion. And Homerton is one of them. Can you show me around the rest of the world? This is a small room, not a lot bigger than the one that we've just been in, but with some facilities like uh, the couch and the scan machine um, where we would be doing the procedures. I'm Ed Dorman. I'm a consultant obstetrician and gynaecologist. I've been working here at Homerton since 2000. Tell me a bit about the work that you do. We have always, at this hospital, unlike most hospitals, we have always offered the option of surgical abortion for fetal abnormality for women up to 16 weeks, which always had a very high uptake. Our neighbouring hospitals in and around North London in particular have been sending more and more women to us for surgical abortion because they don't provide that service within their own hospital. What kinds of medical conditions would lead somebody to need a surgical abortion? Well, there are a whole host of conditions. I mean, women who are at increased risk of either anaesthetic complications or increased risk of bleeding... uh, Otherwise, maybe they're just something as simple as they're a little bit anemic. So the, um, there is a worry that if they do bleed, then you know they're in an isolated place and it's not so good. So, and other medical conditions, uh, you know, anything you care to name really, such as you know poorly controlled asthma, epilepsy, um, heart conditions. Those women are best in an NHS setting just in case of a problem and and, and, and hence the need for these specialist centres and, and Homerton is one of only five in the whole of the UK so there's three in London, one in Birmingham and one in Newcastle so it just it's, it's so sad seeing people have to travel enormous distances. 
I mean, that is a vast swathe of the country that's not being covered. How far are, are women have, having to travel? I mean, are you having people coming down from Scotland? Um, so we do see women from Scotland, from, um, from Wales, from the north of England. It's, yeah, large differences travelled. Corn, Cornwall and the west of England as well, so... You know, people arrive here in a bit of a fluster because they've had a long, long journey. How many women would you aim to see in this centre each day? So we can see sometimes half a dozen um, or more women each week who are coming for uh, usually relatively late surgical abortion care. Sometimes, um, because our lists only have a certain capacity, um, we don't want to completely overburden and overwhelm the operating theatre staff because there would be you know, rebellion in the ranks if we try to squeeze too many more patients onto the list and there's only so much that can be done in a half-day operating session. What are some of the other reasons why women might come to this centre to have a surgical abortion? I think recently we've been seeing that we are getting more referrals to us here because the, the waiting times for the service in the independent sector have gone up um, since the pandemic. So in the last six months, six to nine months, we've been seeing a lot more referrals to us because women are being told that they might have to wait a couple of weeks, um, sometimes longer, to be seen by one of the independent sector providers uh, when clearly in a distressing situation and having made the decision, they want to get the procedure done as soon as they can. So we will be asked to take patients from time to time, sometimes two or three patients in a week, because the independent sector providers um, have run out of capacity to treat them within the time frame. And I think that's something that has been recently more of a problem since post-pandemic times. When a woman decides that she wants or needs an abortion and she has the approval to do that from her doctors, how long would you expect her to wait before she can come here and actually have the procedure done? When things are very straightforward, the wait times are much better than they were many years ago. So, so I think wait times for women who have no problems and are in early pregnancy are pretty small. Yes, you know, the other extreme is the kind of cases that we were talking about where someone has a um, medical problem and they often end up pinging about between diff different services, different places, um, and it can be really traumatic. You know, we do see sometimes women who've been weeks and weeks trying to seek care. In what ways does that affect people? I think it's, it's very, very um, emotionally draining for women um, to have that anxiety of, am I going to get care? And particularly, of course, you know, if they're approaching the, the legal limit, you know, and of course that legal limit is, is an absolute, um, and that's really, really hard and extremely stressful for, for them. It has an impact on, on us working uh, around that, and I have found it very, very difficult when, in the past, quite frequently, we would be called to say, can you take somebody? And I would say, no, I'm really sorry, we don't have capacity to treat this, this woman um, in the time frame that the law allows, and so she will be forced to continue her pregnancy. That must just be your worst nightmare as professionals. Yeah, it is very, very emotionally difficult. I think everybody is aware of the crisis that the NHS is 
is facing at the moment in terms of funding. What kinds of effects have you seen the lack of funding have on, on NHS abortion services? I mean, I, th- I think that we are all anxious about the fact that probably those preventative services, those um, services that, that women could go to to get contraceptive care have been enormously impacted by the pandemic. You know, general practice and specialist contraception services, sexual health services across England and Wales have really suffered um, from some years of lack of investment and then the pandemic on 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 top of that um, and there are you know real concerns that therefore preventing the, these unplanned pregnancies um, has just become a lot more difficult you know we are, are seeing increased numbers of women needing abortion probably because of that Jonathan Lord, you're the medical director for MSI Reproductive Choices UK, which people might have known before as Marie Stopes. And you have clinics right across the country where women can go to have a termination, either an early medical abortion up to nine weeks and six days or a surgical abortion, which can be carried out up to 24 weeks. You're also a consultant gynaecologist in an NHS hospital. How have things changed with abortion recently in terms of the demand that you're seeing? I I think what we've been seeing is just distress in the population. Now, whether that's from the pandemic, but I think probably more so the um, economic situation, there is no doubt we are seeing absolutely unprecedented levels of demand at the moment. And, you know, all providers are reporting they are busier than they have ever seen before. You know, perhaps just to put that into perspective in my own um, local service, so it's just a single um, NHS hospital. Usually we have slots in the next available clinic, so most people don't have to wait longer than sort of 24, 48 hours. At the moment, the next slot is 15 days away, and I've never known that before in the 10, 15 years I've, I've been there. Wow. At MSI, which is a much bigger national provider, we've had to hugely increase uh, the amount of capacity we can have. Um, obviously, it takes a little bit of time to recruit um, new nurses and midwives and uh, healthcare advisors and train them, but um, we're just about keeping our heads above water and can still by and large maintain weights within a week or two but it is sort of firefighting what kinds of things are you hearing from women who are having to wait extra time who are finding that these procedures are being delayed for them pregnancy is quite often um goes along with unpleasant and you know potentially distressing uh, symptoms you know you know if it's a wanted pregnancy then uh, you know those things are a reminder of something that's pleasant and you can uh, get through it but where it's a constant reminder of a dreadful situation that you find yourself in it you know it just consumes your whole life and you can't get a, you can't get on with life but from a medical point of view the bigger concern we have is that each week the pregnancy goes on it becomes bigger and therefore the chances of difficulties and complications with the procedure go up now at the beginning that's not a particularly big factor but by the time you get to the later stages of pregnancy it's a huge effect 
Right. And thinking about women's access to contraception, particularly long acting reversible forms like the coil, you know, which can really help people who don't want to get pregnant. Are there significant delays at the moment in terms of accessing those? Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, I don't blame the GPs for this at all. You know, they are just so snowed under, you know, to fit a coil will normally mean about a 30 minute slot for them if they're going to do it mm -hmm. properly. And yeah. in that time, they could have seen um, six patients. So, you know, when you've got a 70, 80 patients above what you've got capacity for, what's going to give? Well, you're going to mm -hmm. you know, take out those slots, aren't you? So, yeah, that's where it's coming from, but it's that coupled with the funding. So funding yeah. for contraception has not been provided by the NHS, it's been provided by the councils. And, you know, we all know that the councils are so pressurised and um, uh, underfunded that, again, they're just not going to invest in the services. Coming up, we speak to the head of another of Britain's main abortion providers, who tells us that even as demand is rising, they might have to close some clinics. Claire Murphy, you're the chief executive of BPAS, which, along with MSI, is one of the leading providers of abortions across the country. What level of delays are you seeing in your clinics at the moment, particularly with surgical abortions? For, for women who require a surgical procedure, the, the wait across the country is, is significantly longer than, than we would like. And I think what we're seeing now really is the culmination of um, a series of, of, of very long-standing pressures, actually, that this service has been under for very many years, but which really the, the pandemic and the current the huge pressures now on the NHS have really almost brought to a bit of a crisis point. I think often we think about when the NHS contracts out services to independent providers, you know, the, the, the narrative around that is about, you know, private companies profiteering. Well, the NHS has long outsourced its abortion care to private providers like ourselves. We're a, we're a not-for-profit service. Um, for example, there are parts of the country um, where we are paid a, th a third of what the NHS pays itself to provide the same procedure. Uh, and it's really, really hard to make ends meet and continue to provide women with that high quality, uh, accessible service um, that, you know, that we know women need and, and deserve. How much of a shortfall are you running on at the moment? In parts of the country, very significant. So, and I think, you know, to a degree, I sort of hold our hands up as a charity because we've always been committed to providing this service, we have sometimes taken on contracts, um, which, you know, we know are going to be difficult. Um, but because we believe in the provision of this service, we've, we've done it. And I think now, you know, we're at a point where we've, you know, we're in ongoing conversations with, with commissioners about what our needs are. But unfortunately, we're now in a situation with some of them where the, 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 the prices they are prepared to pay for the provision of this service simply do not meet anywhere near the costs 
of what it provides to give women a, a you know a safe and quality service and we're at a point now where we are having to make very serious decisions about potentially walking away from some of those areas even in the knowledge that no other provider will come in and provide that service for the kind of for the kind of prices that are being offered there but you know we 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 really recognize now that it is it is a disservice to women to try to provide this care on a shoestring you you can't do it this is to provide a safe and quality service you know it it needs to be adequately funded by by the NHS it needs to be taken seriously by the NHS and we just cannot as a charity continue to meet that are you going to have to close some centers it's a very serious decision for us and it's and it's absolutely one unfortunately we're going to have to look at Nicola, you told me that you had to travel hundreds of miles to a hospital. I think it's unbelievable, really, to contemplate that this is the situation that you found yourself in and that many other women are finding themselves in at the moment. I've I've had a look on Google and, you know, looked at, like, you know, posts on Facebook and, and bits and pieces like that, and it's... There's not much spoken about it. You do very much feel like you're on your own. Um, but I do sort of sit there and I wonder how many, you know, other women have had to maybe go through, you know, go through a pregnancy. How do you feel now about what you've been through? It was it was awful. It was absolutely awful. Um, have there been more sort of availability home side of things, you know, just to be able to go and see it, it wouldn't have got to this extreme. It's something that will never, ever, ever leave me now. Thank you to Nicola, to Tracy Masters, Ed Dorman, Jonathan Lord and Claire Murphy. If you want more information about abortion and your options, you can get in touch with MSI Reproductive Services or BPAS. Their helplines are open every day of the week. We contacted NHS England about today's episode and a spokesperson said that there has recently been an increase in demand for abortion services and as a result, NHS England is currently consulting on updated payment guidance for local commissioners in order to ensure they continue to deliver these services in the most effective way and to the highest clinical standards. A spokesperson for the Department of Health and Social Care said, the government recognises there is more work to do to improve women's reproductive health. Plans for sexual and reproductive health will be set out later this year, including ensuring women can continue to access robust, and high-quality abortion services. This episode was produced by Lucy Hoff and sound designed by Rudy Zagadlo. The executive producer was Hummer Khalili. We'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian.